I mean, right now we're focusing a lot on startups. Um, so, I mean, if you think about capitalization tables, operating agreements, things like that, dividends, I think that's a really good starting place for smart contracts because right now, I mean, you could use a smart contract in the way that people envision it of being this should replace law, right? Code is law. But if the legal system doesn't have any connection to that or recognition of that, right. it's pointless, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, what we're focusing on, and this is something that we've, we've spoken with a few individuals about is, okay, well, how do you develop something that can eventually be used legally, but, you know, that still provides a purpose now um, that almost how should I say it, wedges smart contracts into the legal system by providing case law because the way, you know, I mean, if I go into a dispute with you, right, and it's over a blockchain transaction, now the blockchain generally is not going to be considered um, is admissible, but if that's the only evidence, then more to the extent of that we're, we're using this technology and we're deploying this technology for, you know, new businesses and stuff like that so that um, they can, if they get into disputes, start to develop case law because it's case law that we really want for, you know, smart contract enforcement by the legal system, right? Oh, this smart contract did this. So therefore we can admit this in the court to show that you paid, but you didn't deliver and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So when you start getting these new companies developing, you know, let's say, you know, an operating agreement or equity agreement or you know, things like that. And then there's a dispute between founders and then that goes to court and then the court starts saying, okay, well, we'll let this smart contract be admitted into the court because that's the only real proof that we have. Then you're kind of like killing two birds with one stone because for one, you're getting initial use cases of smart contracts, but two, you're developing the possibility of this case law because a lot of the legal system is going to use this case law and say, oh, okay, well, there's another case of somebody using blockchain and there's another case and there's another case. So therefore, it's more likely that we can admit this as evidence and start to build that foundation for more, you know, smart contract functionality in the future. So as far as like the legal smart contracts, that's one aspect. Um, but then, I mean, there's other aspects too, like the voting protocol. I mean, because the Tritium protocol was developed from talking to people for years and years. Uh, understanding you know big business what do you need what do you want in a blockchain even talking to people building our Ethereum, what are you using ethereum for most of the time um, they abstract completely away from ethereum and they use it just to store a little bit of data that's most dApps. anytime they're adapt they're like either storing a teeny little bit of data on the blockchain or <coughs> um storing a little bit of data or they're using a token right tokenomics in their service and whatever and they're like oh we're blockchain powered now i mean nobody Nobody really uses Ethereum for its Turing completeness. I've seen maybe a few apps that maybe use some of the more, you know, you know, advanced features of it, but like most people don't really use that. And the other thing is, you know, blockchain developers are just completely out of reach, especially, you know, for Ethereum, you have this totally new language. There's all these idiosyncrasies with this language. Like, I mean, the DAO hack, what happened, I believe it was something with recursive call. So when the function's calling itself, it wasn't updating the state of the stack variables. And it still does this, which means I think the last quote I saw was 90% of all, you know, smart contracts have this flaw in them yeah. still from the DAO, right? Um, now, it may not be as terminal as a DAO, but it's, it's a pretty easy mistake to make. So when, you're, when we're talking about these smart contracts, they're supposed to be more secure, not less secure. It's just like, you know, I mean, cryptos should be more secure by giving people access to the private keys. But so I think there's certain fundamentals of crypto that need to be abstracted away from developers and users. Um, managing private keys is one big thing. People should not manage that like looked into crypto and they're like, I've been doing IT for 20 years and I look into this crypto stuff and I see private keys and wallets and I go, whoa, no, I'm never doing that. I'm never touching that, right? People people can't you know, possibly think to manage it. And the second thing is blockchain developers that are developing dApps, right, or smart contracts should not have to think about security. 
right? The system itself should have security baked into the yeah. protocol, right? That's the point of building a smart contract. It's not something that gives you 10,000 more issues that you could possibly have in idiosyncrasies, but it's something that you can guarantee to a certain extent, obviously without, you know, stupidity coming into the equation, but you can guarantee to a certain extent that even not the best coder is still able to make secure code because the system itself is designed to protect against those types of things. Like our virtual machine, for one, like prevents you from doing an overflow. An overflow is, you know, uh, value can only have, let's say we're in eight bits, right? Eight bits are, you know, four switches. Um, that can only hold a number of up to 255. So if I try to store or I try to add one to 255 with eight bits, guess what's going to happen? It's going to go back to zero, right? And that's called an overflow. And it's just going to keep going over and over. And overflows are a big security risk that are very easy to make too, because you're not going to always know the exact same size of each, you know, one of these figures that you're using, you know, the data types, you know, whether it's 8-bit, 16-bit, 32-bit, 64, or whatever. Um, so <clears throat> our virtual machine actually throws an exception and it fails if you accidentally do an overflow, which that's kind of one of those safety mechanisms that are built into it. It's like, you know, common mistakes that a developer should have. They shouldn't be able to make those mistakes, you know, writing code on Nexus, but then the second part is too, is like you have this entire industry of, you know, blockchain developers, you know, based around solidity and Ethereum and whatever, but you have this whole world of web developers. So why are smart contracts so complicated to program on when you can make it something as easy for web developers to code on? And that's yeah. kind of, yeah. And there's, there's a lot of issues. There's other issues too, like with um, having to send a test transaction before you actually send your coins. Right. I mean, that's one of the biggest issues like who in their right mind is going to go and say oh i have to buy a piece of gum oh i'm going to send you a test transaction yeah. for um okay okay now I, I made sure your address is good cool you know and if they don't do that and you send them the wrong address or scans wrong or there's a bug like coins are gone right so that's another thing there's just how should i say it? technology i think advancement of technology is not just the capability of the technology but it's also the capability for the user to be insulated from themselves, you know, from the problems that they themselves can generate. Like you said, if it's not smart enough to be able to handle these types of issues that people are going to have, including developers, um, then the technology is just not there. It's not smart. Right. And so, I mean, we're getting back to earlier, like people don't know so much about me and whatever. I mean, it's because I've been coding, I've been building, I've been sitting back and I've been watching other people make mistakes for us. Right. I haven't really, and it's great too. Cause I mean, if we were super, super big right now, it would be a lot more difficult to be deploying what we're deploying. You know, we're like, we're a nice size. We're growing organically. It's community driven, which is awesome. Yeah. We will, we'll get recognition as we, but we're not really playing the whole, like try to be loud look at me game. I mean, we're, we're building really good tech and we're building things that relate to people we're building use cases like we're doing what all these projects said they should and part of the DAO architecture is not only for regulating the actual on-chain funding but for also regulating smart contracts routes right so if you have a smart contract or you have file or you have something like that associated um the DAO should have some form of vote on that so if there is some sort of discovery of you know malicious files being utilized or you know nexus being used for malicious activities the public in the community can identify that and then cast it to a vote. And then that vote itself would enforce on the protocol itself so that you can protect against this. Because I don't think there's necessarily, I mean, I personally believe everybody has their own values and everybody's values are like, you know, perfectly valid for their own selves. And you're never going to really get everybody to value things perfectly the same. But if you can provide I mean, technology, that's where you get into the other human element because this is just technology, right? It's a tool. So, I mean, you have to teach people how to utilize that tool and how to vote responsibly. And you have to develop 
I mean, the proper game theory for people to not be assholes. I think the great reason that most people are assholes in the world is because you get farther being an asshole, yep. right? So when you shift that, like kind of comes back to the you know beginning of the conversation, when you shift that foundation, when you shift that game theory, right? <laughs> then it shifts everybody's mentality. So, you know, that's part of where the social organizational technology in the DAO comes in very important. Um, because, you know, if people can't organize themselves together, it's generally going to just degrade back into a hierarchy. Um, and that, that social organization will, essentially what it is, does it encapsulates people in a smaller cells, kind of like cells of people. Um, and then the, you know, each cell can essentially reorganize or organize itself to whatever it feels. And then the cells themselves form layers, you know, from the bottom up. And then that eventually forms into, you know, a key or a contract from the DAO. Um, and combining that together with like a disincentive to be an asshole and an incentive for Nexus to be successful and, you know, all these other things. Um, I think it will kind of drive people to want to get rid of things like, you know, child porn or things like right. that. I mean, it's a smart contract that's found to be doing that, you know, or there's a TNS entry that's found to be linking to these types of things and people can essentially lock that or block that um, without having to do a hard fork. But what it does is it allows you to do like, I wouldn't say censorship, but it allows people to decide what they want on their network. Well, and I mean, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with somebody, I guess, being disallowed to do something within a space where those rules are set, right? In your house, you have the rules of your house and you value certain things in your house and it's your space. So when somebody comes in, it's like a contract. I mean, when we're talking about a global, global ecosystem, right? I mean, you're going to want to find ways to encapsulate as much value um, in that as possible, like different people's values, but also give the people to discern values that are out of alignment with that, right? Like, I'm sure, you know, terrorism is a minority, you know, pursuit. And if people discovered terrorism, then they definitely wouldn't want that to be supported on the network. So it allows the network to self-regulate. Um, but our DAO is also not like a single voting group, you know, mob rules, you know, 50% wins, which that creates a problem too, because some people's values um you know how should i say some people may see things that other people don't and they may themselves be a minority right yeah. like developers for one right blockchain developers were a bit of a minority so if it was just like you know us devs versus the whole community on like certain you know blockchain like architectural adjustments right um it's not going to really work that well because we're going to be completely outvoted and the public may make decisions that aren't really in the best interest i mean our kind of idea on the DAO thing is if you encapsulate people of like values in a specific group and make that kind of like a representative democracy in a sense of that, you know, developers have a vote, you know, DAO contract holders have another vote, stakers have another vote, uh, miners have another vote, you know, individuals have another vote. Then you encapsulate kind of a larger perspective of the values and then you compare those values, you know, equal to one another, right, that are encapsulated in each one of those spheres. Yeah, you get you get more of a balance um, in, I guess, the decision making process, and it helps you filter out some of that noise uh, quite substantially, you know, from like a bunch of idiots just you know voting for nothing. Right. Um, and I think that will really significantly help. And also, you know, just like you talk about, you know, people, idiots, shiny stuff, whatever. I mean, that's a symptom of the programming of the world. Right. People people want shiny stuff because they've been marketed to have shiny stuff. Right. And that's like it's all like there's so much marketing that's going on actually manipulating your brain chemistry and a lot of people just are asleep and are unaware of that right um so that as you know these new emergent systems start coming up i mean it's forcing like let's look at the perfect example of like how people are forced to actually evolve and think right there's so many scams in crypto people look after each other they do their own research a little bit more yeah you still get a bunch of dumbasses that don't 
But the general census is people think a lot more in crypto or, you know, at least attempt to think a little bit more than they would in other industries. Why? Because, you know, there's more danger. There's more necessity for that. And those ones that become successful right in the natural selection are the ones that do do that. So they're the ones that become the bigger influencers and so on and so forth. So, I mean, blockchain really does, I think, have the capability to be transforming all of these, you know, issues that human psychology has, which are symptoms of the natural economic system, you know, people being assholes, people being stupid, people waiting around for someone, right? Like there wasn't any other type of investment class besides securities, bonds and stuff like that, right? Which are really all based on like the performance of a singular entity, right? You're investing in a single person to do it for you. That's the whole like dumb, I don't care, I don't think mentality, right? Um, now there's decentralized protocols, there's DAOs, there's, and people can actually have an ownership in the system, right? People think they have an ownership in certain systems, but they don't. You know, people pay their taxes, they, they vote, but like really nothing changes, right? Now people have that ownership and that, that changes things substantially. And it, it kind of helps people come out of that, like not thinking mindset and start emerging into more of that and realizing more, you know, of themselves. And that's really fundamentally with the goal that I would like to see in this is to see that mentality change, to see see these mindsets shifting from that i'm going to wait for somebody to do it for me and not do my own research and you know make bad decisions right. to i take personal responsibility for my decisions i have an active contribution in this project you know the project success is based on me as well as it is on the rest of the people right